At Bet365, we don't do ordinary. We believe that every sport should be epic. Every home run, every hit, every inning, every play. From the moments that are legendary to the ones that fly under the radar. See for yourself when you sign up today and get $150 in bonus bets when you bet just $5. Whatever the sport, whatever the moment, it's never ordinary at Bet365. 21 plus only must be present in Ohio. If you or someone you know has a gambling problem and wants help, call 1-800-GAMBLER. Terms and conditions apply. The best conversations I have with my colleagues are the ones that happen when no one is looking, when we're not 100% sure yet what to write. Hopefully, having conversations like this can help you figure out your own point of view. That's kind of our job as Washington Post opinions columnists. I'm Charles Lane, Deputy Opinion Editor. And I'm Amanda Ripley, a contributing columnist. We're going to bring you into these conversations on a new podcast called Impromptu. Follow Impromptu now, wherever you listen. It's hour number two of the look at right here on VSIN, the Sports Bank Network, and hour number one. Hit quite a bit up on what we've wound up seeing in bowl games quite a bit, and have no fear. When we wind up hitting midnight Pacific, 3 a.m. Eastern, we're going to be really diving into these college football bowl games that we're going to be seeing for this Friday, mainly the Cincinnati, Alabama, Michigan versus Georgia college football playoff game. So have no fear there. Here in hour number two, we're going to be hitting on a little bit of NFL. We've been seeing some line moves with a few of these games, so we're going to be highlighting those. Going to be taking a little bit of a look at the NBA here in the first segment, taking a look at some college basketball. And at the back half of this hour, we've got Wes Reynolds. He was actually there at the Wisconsin versus Arizona State game. We're going to be chatting with him just about a little bit of everything. We're going to be chatting with him about what we're all seeing this full season. We're going to be chatting about what we wind up getting in Arizona versus Wisconsin is just trends that we've been able to see emerge in bowl season as well. So we've got a jam-packed hour number two and rest of the show for you guys. And as you guys know, when it comes to the college basketball season, I wind up giving out one pick every single day for the New York Post. I wind up going with typically a little bit more of a marquee game. I tried to make it not a very early game. So that way there are plenty of people that are able to fire in a bet. But sometimes Judy calls and you got to go with an early game because what you're going to notice for this college basketball slate that we have coming up on Friday, it sounds simple to say, but I've got to say it. But you're in these bets early. Do not oversleep because the latest game that you're going to have on the board is 4 p.m. Eastern. That would be 1 p.m. Pacific time. So this is not the world's greatest time to be able to sleep in. Fortunately, it's New Year's Eve tomorrow and not New Year's Day when you're probably going to be sleeping in. So, I mean, that is the lone bright spot there but with that said the game that i want to deciding for the new york post is the one that is involving a ranked team as you've got high point and they're going to hope to not be a low point against kentucky if you're looking at the rotation this is actually on the extra games board of 306 131 306 132 currently at circa you're finding kentucky a 26 point favorite this game is 137 f you'll typically find with a lot of these games on the extra board like we're finding with High Point versus Kentucky. There are a lot of cases in which books do not wind up posting this up necessarily overnight. So if you're not seeing this up at your local book, well, that is probably the reason why you'll probably be finding these in the early a.m. A lot of books that they don't wind up posting these overnight, they'll post them, I would say, right around 5 a.m. Pacific, 8 a.m. Eastern. So you do want to be keeping note of that. But 
the, what I wound up giving out for the New York Post is I'm going to be taking a look at High Point getting the points because with High Point, this is a squad that has actually been able to do a relatively solid job in step-up games. They wound up playing against Michigan State on Wednesday, and they actually held a lead over Michigan State at halftime. And this has been a team that has actually performed their best on the road. In terms of offensive efficiency, the amount of points that you score on a per-possession basis, they're over seven points better on the road than they are at home. And on the road, this is a team that is shooting over 38% from three-point range. So those are very good marks. Now, when it comes to down low, it is going to be a little bit of a bear going up against one Oscar Sheboy, who has been able to give this Kentucky team 15.8 points and 15.8 rebounds per game. That is number one in all of college basketball. When it comes to rebounds per game, no doubt, because I mean, he has been absolutely tremendous. But when it comes to high point, they're going to counter with someone that has been able to do a solid job in the post of his zone. That would be Zach Austin, someone who's been able to give you 3.2 blocks per game. That ranks in the top 15 in all of college basketball. He's been able to do a good job on the interior. And you've also got another star when it comes to this high point team. And that would be John Michael Wright, a guy that's able to average 20 points, right around five rebounds, four assists per game. So, He's been able to do a very solid job with that aspect. And you've got a high point team in which you got a lot of guys that are able to do a solid job of being able to shoot from three point range. This is a total that I want up setting more around the 137 and a half to 138 and a half range. I want up settling in on 138 and a half personally. So you're at the 137 half, 138 numbers like I'm seeing currently out there. I'm taking a look at the over, trying to see if there's going to be a little bit of late movement because I know that there are many people like myself that wind up shading these totals down a little bit more when you wind up having an early day game because, well, I don't know how you were in college, but back when I was in college at the fine university of UW Oshkosh, the greatest D3 university ever and still the reigning D3 national champs when it comes to men's college basketball and a school that has had a lot of success on the women's front as well. Shameless plug there for my fine alma mater. But with that said, back when I was in college, when it was like 9 a.m., I was not one that really wanted to get up at that time when I was between 18 and 22 years old. Now I've just learned to never, ever sleep, so that takes care of that. But I do think that that plays a little bit of a role in things, and that is actually me shading this down a little bit more because when it came to that high point versus Michigan State game, I wound up setting that total more in the low 140s. It was more around a 134, 135 that the books wound up setting in on a very easily going over the total. This is a high point team that, by the way, if you're looking for something notable out of them, this is a team that has been coached by Tubby Smith, actually, the last few years. I believe that he was actually a high point graduate, which is why high point wound up ending up with a coach like Tubby Smith. I mean, you typically don't see someone like him wind up going to a school like high point, but and it's been really intriguing to take a look at this team now. When it comes to high point, free throw shooting is something that you've got to be taking note of. This is a team that they shoot 61.4% of the free throw line out of 358 D1 teams that ranks 351st. But I've always loved trepidation when it comes to free throw shooting when it's the underdog rather than the favorite. Because if you wind up betting on a team, especially when you wind up getting in those like seven, eight, six point spreads in which late game following is probably going to be coming into play, that's when you do not want to be taking very bad free throw shooting teams. But when you have the team that is getting six, seven, eight, or in this case, way more than that. You're able to feel a little bit easier about that. At least that's the way that I interpret it personally. Now when it comes to high point as well. It's a team that they've been able to do an okay job on in the interior. Not necessarily great, not necessarily terrible. I think that they are certainly going to be losing the rebound battle, but they both 
force and commit 13 turnovers per game. So I think that this is a line that has gotten a little bit out of whack. I take a look at this game, and I think that it's just went a little bit too far with the line. I personally wound up setting this as a 20 and a half point spread. So here at 25 and a half to 26, going to be taking a look at the points with high point. And right now with the total that I'm seeing behind me at circa 137 and a half, going to be taking a look at the over as well. We've got another game that is going to be really stinking early as well. This one is on the normal Las Vegas betting board. So you should be finding a couple more overnight numbers when it comes to this. And it's at the top of the board as you've got 851, 852, this game between Hofstra and Elon. Elon wound up opening up a six-point underdog. We have seen this move. You're now seeing them anywhere between a six and a half to a seven-point underdog. And your total on this game between 149 and 149 and a half. And I don't understand why so many people dog Elon so much. This has actually been a relatively solid program. They wound up putting together a nice late run last season to be able to make the Colonial Athletic Conference Tournament Final. Mike Schrage has been able to do a solid job ever since he wound up taking over this program. And it really is a team in which the whole is greater than the sum of its parts. You've got six different guys give you between 7.4 and 11.9 points per game. So it really is a collective with this team. You've got some solid three-point shooting as well. Zach Irvin is shooting 39.5% from three-point range. Hunter Woods along with Hunter McIntosh. So both Hunters are shooting 38% from distance as well. So And it's been rock solid for an Elon team that... You take a look at them, and they knock down their free throws. They shoot right around 75% of the free throw line. And the reason why I do feel a little bit more bearish about this officer team as well has been the fact that Zach Cooks, their leading scorer, he wound up missing two games, and he wound up returning to the game against William & Mary, a, our nation's favorite tag team when it comes to college basketball. And William & Mary, as a double-digit underdog, actually wound up winning that game outright. And Zach Cooks did not look like himself at all. It seemed like he wound up returning to the full very, very quickly, a little bit recklessly, in my opinion, if I were to say so myself. And when it comes to Cooks, he's a guy that has been able to give this team 16 points, a little bit over two seals, four assists, has really been the lifeblood of the team, but also shoots right around 30% from three-point range. And it's really interesting when you take a look at this Hofstra team because you don't necessarily have a whole heck of a lot of depth. You do have a guy in Caleb Burgess, who I think is one of the most fascinating players in all of college basketball. He's averaging 2.7 assists, and I'm not even kidding here. 0.8 points per game. He's literally averaging less than a point per game more than myself. So he has really been a pass first, play some defense sort of guy. But Obama Iola, who winds up returning for Officer Iwana, missing a couple games. You don't know, I think he's going to have a little bit of an edge. You have an Elon team that doesn't necessarily have ideal size, but I think that Michael Graham is going to be able to hold up at the point of attack. Now, when it comes to Hofstra as well, if you're taking a look at teams ever since the beginning of the 2018-19 season with their cover rate, this has actually been one of the best teams at all of college basketball. They've been really consistent. Speedy Claxton, you may remember from the NBA, he actually wound up taking over the program in the offseason, but he's really been able to keep things going as if you date back to the beginning of the 2018-19 season, you throw out St. Thomas because... Well, they've only been playing D1 college basketball since the beginning of this year. Hofstra, the number one cover team in all of college basketball in that time. 63-38-1. By the way, if you're looking at number two, that would actually be the Baylor Bears and number three is Houston. So you've got a lot of teams from the great state of Texas that I'd be able to cover for you in recent years. But this is a spot in which I think that Hofstra is starting to get a little bit overvalued. I do think that you're going to have an Elon team come out. I think that they're going to be able to do a relatively solid job. And when it comes to some of the ancillary pieces, when it comes to Austria, I think that it is really intriguing because you've got Aaron Estrada, who wound up being last year at Oregon two seasons ago. He was playing for St. Peter's. He is one of the best free throw shooters in all of college basketball. 
hitting 96.3% of his free throws, 14 points per game. He only shoots about 24% from three-point range. It feels like it's a little bit all or nothing when it comes to the officer team. And for Hofstra, we have noticed their totals get set very high because this is a very efficient offense, but they don't necessarily play at the breakneck pace. Once again, you've got a very early tip time in this game. Elon is a team that plays a little bit more slowly. So this is a total in which I'm going to be taking a look at the under. I want to say my total a little bit closer to 141. And I want to setting Hofstra as a five-point favorite. At six, I liked it. Here at six and a half to seven, I really do like it. So all the better that this line is moving towards Hofstra because that means that you're able to get more points out of Elon, which I'm going to be taking a look at. And coming in next, we're going to be taking a look at some of the NBA games that we have going down on Friday. That is right here on the look at on Beeson, the Sports Bank Network. At Bet365, we don't do ordinary. We believe that every sport should be epic. Every home run, every hit, every inning, every play. From the moments that are legendary to the ones that fly under the radar. See for yourself when you sign up today and get $150 in bonus bets when you bet just $5. Whatever the sport, whatever the moment, it's never ordinary at Bet365. 21 plus only must be present in Ohio. If you or someone you know has a gambling problem and wants help, call 1-800-GAMBLER. Terms and conditions apply. I bet you're smart. Yeah, and you like to hold your own in the group chat. We can help you drop even more knowledge. My name is Martine Powers. And I'm Elahe Izadi. We host a daily news podcast called Post Reports. Every weekday afternoon, Post Reports takes you inside an important and interesting story with the kind of reporting that you can only get from The Washington Post. You can listen to Post Reports wherever you get your podcasts. Go find it now and hit follow. Tomorrow's episode of the Ron Flatter Racing Pod features a chat with Sprint Star Flightline with owner Kosa Haronis and trainer Josh Shadler. Legacy Equin Academy's Ron Mack talks about the expanding diversity of racing and Beeson's Vinny Maliulo of Gangani handicaps this weekend's race, including Kentucky Derby preps. Sign up now at iHeart, Apple Podcasts, Google Play, Spotify, or Stitcher, or download it in the morning at vcin.com slash podcast. And the Ron Flyter Racing Pod is sponsored by First Bet. As we're back here on the lookout with myself, Greg Peterson, holding it down for Scott Seidenberg on this fine night. And we wound up seeing the Las Vegas Bowl wind up going final, which is a big reason why you did wind up you did not wind up seeing Tim Murray actually on the nightcap tonight. He was actually covering the game and We've got our own boots on the ground for that game. That would be Wes Reynolds. He is going to be joining me in, we're going to call it about 30 or so minutes. We're going to be talking about what we've all seen this bowl season thus far. Take a look forward at the big bowl games for Friday. So we're going to have Wes coming up relatively soon. And we've got coming up some good NBA action as well. And when it comes to the NBA, well, there is a team that I've been looking to fade quite a bit. And I'm going to be looking to do so once again on Friday. That would be the Los Angeles Lakers. The Lakers are going to be playing us to the Portland Trailblazers. And for some reason, we're finding them as in a lot of spots, right around a four and a half to a five and a half point favorite opening opening line in this game was about a five and a half total. You're finding it anywhere between about a 229 to a 231. So we are seeing a little bit of volatility in this game. And we're actually seeing a six now at DraftKings as well. That's all the worse. I mean, this is a Lakers team that has done absolutely nothing whatsoever 
to show that they are worth betting on at this point. They are apparently looking to trade Rajon Rondo at this point, and that's great because you get one of the senior citizens off the senior citizen bandwagon. Maybe you wind up getting a player that is, I don't know, under the age of 32 to be able to help out this team. That would be really nice at this point for the Lakers. And I just have no idea who in their right mind assembled this roster and thought, oh yeah, this will be great for the 2021, soon to be 2022 season. I mean, if you were putting together a team for NBA 2K14, yeah, this is a great roster right here. But I mean, what we always forget about with regards to these super teams as well is that chemistry still matters. I mean, these are the best of the best when it comes to the NBA. But I mean, whether you're taking a look at nine, 10 year old basketball, high school basketball, college basketball, or the NBA, these guys need to be able to mesh together. And this is just a really bad blend right now. I mean, the fact that the Lakers are still at 12 to 1 to be able to win the championship. Who wants any part of that? There has been no team in the history of the NBA who entered into Christmas with a losing record that has ever won the championship. I mean, forget the championship at this point. The Lakers are a team that they might wind up finding themselves in the playing round of the NBA playoffs if they get there at all. I mean, this has been a team that has not been good at all. You've got LeBron James. He's been able to put up some really nice numbers for this team. He certainly has been able to live up to his billing, but... And you just take a look at the rest of the guys. Other than Malik Monk, these signings in the offseason have been, we're going to use a very professional term here, doo-doo. I mean, Russell Westbrook is a guy that is a guy that always needs a ball in his hands. You can tell that he's very uncomfortable. The 4.7 turnovers per game, he and Luka Doncic right now lead the NBA on that front. It hasn't gotten any better as he has committed at least five turnovers in four out of the last five games that he's been playing in. I mean, the good news is he's been doling out more assists and things like this, but I mean, you've got a guy who needs the ball in his hands a lot, playing with LeBron James that doesn't necessarily shoot it well. I mean, who in their right mind thought, yeah, now we've got the good blend right here. So this is a Lakers team that they're all out of sorts. You do have Avery Bradley, who's day today. And speaking of LeBron James, he is going through his own ailments. It looks like he's going to be able to play on Friday, but you do want to be checking his status because he has been dealing with a little bit of an ab injury. So, and it's something that you always want to be keeping in the back of your mind. I and mean, they still are going to be without Trevor Reza in this game. Jay Huff has been getting minutes for this team. I mean, that tells you all that you need to know right there. And I mean, for the Portland Trail Blazers, it's not like it's all been all sunshine and roses for this team. I mean, things have been a little bit Shall we say tumultuous with regards to the tenure of Chauncey Billups to this point? You're still without CJ McCollum along the Yusef Nurkic, so and it's not great. And really, the depth of this team has really been gutted as well. Dennis Smith Jr., Anthony Simons, along with Robert Covington, these guys are all going to be out of the fold. So you can bet on seeing a whole lot of Larry Nance Jr. in this game. And Larry Nance Jr., I've always felt, is a relatively solid player. He's been getting more minutes recently, and he's been able to take them and run with them. He has put up double figures with at least five rebounds in each of the team's last three games, so he's been able to do a relatively solid job on that front. And actually, a guy that, for a big man, actually does a good job of being able to generate some seals. So, a relatively solid on-ball defender, and for Damian Lillard, just wound up getting off to a cataclysmically slow start to the year when it comes to three-point shooting. He's been able to really emerge recently. You take a look at it, and his three-point shot has been so much better this month. He's shooting about 38.5% from three-point range this month. You may recall in the month of October, he wound up shooting 23% from three-point range. It started to rise up a little bit in November. Now he's back to the Damian Lillard of old, averaging 31 points per game this month. So he is someone that is really able to take over the game. And when it comes to this Lakers bunch, you 
do have your guys down low with regards to like Dwight Howard and company. They're able to do their part. So I think that that's going to be something that you do want to be taking a look at. But I do think that the Trailblazers, though they have been, let's call it what it is, not necessarily looking the best in recent games. They've been dealing with their own ailments. They've been dealing with some COVID-19 protocols themselves. I do think that they're going to be able to hold in this game. I think that this could be a signature game for Damian Lillard. I'm not necessarily much of a player props guy. And when it comes to player props, I typically like a lot of unders, but I would think that when it comes to Damian Lillard, there might be a little bit of value here with regards to his over if you're looking at player props with regards to points just because I think that he's going to be seeing the ball a lot. He's had a history of being able to do some very good things against the LA Lakers, so I do think that you are going to be able to get a relatively solid value there. And if you are looking at the Damian Lillard point prop, by the way, this via DraftKings, right now seeing it at 30 and a half, I could see him getting... 35. I could see him getting even more than 35 in this game just because Portland Trailblazers, they really don't have much other than Damian Lillard at this point. So I do think that that could be a solid look, by the way. LeBron James at 30 and a half as well. I'd be looking under on that one just because I do think that the Trailblazers are going to be able to key in on him. I think that LeBron is dealing with a couple ailments himself right now. So I think that that could be a little bit of an issue. But I mean, until further notice, want to be fading the Lakers in your features. You want to be fading the Lakers when it comes to a game-by-game -game basis. This has not been a good team whatsoever, and I'm going to be continuing to take a look at being able to fade them. I think that this is another solid spot. Once again, probably going to be taking a little bit more of a look in-game, but when it comes to the Lakers, there's just no betting on them right now. When it comes to the Cleveland Cavaliers, if you've been betting on them this year, guess what? You've been making yourself a whole lot of money. They're going to be taking on the Atlanta Hawks and when it comes to early lines, when it comes to this game, we haven't been seeing necessarily too many of them. When it comes to this game, I'm right now seeing a few places I wanted posting something a little bit earlier, but relatively off the board right now. I wind up seeing a couple of Cavaliers laying a point sort of line. So we've got to figure that this is going to be a relatively pick em game when this winds up coming out a little bit more in the AM. But when it comes to the Atlanta Hawks, this has been a team that has been able to do a good job of being able to mix and match. As we know, Trey Young has been out of the fold for much of the season. Has been a little bit of an issue, but has been able to return. And in his return, he has been very good for this team. Last two games, a combined 55 points along with 20 assists. So he has really been able to electrify this team when he was out due to the COVID-19 positive test. It was a little bit rough, and ironically enough, both of their last two games have come against the Chicago Bulls. And I will say this, when it comes to the Atlanta Hawks, this is a team that is currently playing zero defense whatsoever so and it's something that you want to be taking a look at as well we are not seeing any initial totals but i've got to figure that if you're looking at a total that is going to be the highest one on the board i would have to think that this is going to be a very prime candidate for it now this is a cleveland cavaliers team that they themselves play a little bit of better defense but when it comes to cleveland cavaliers i do think that it's going to be interesting to see how they wind up dealing with not having ricky rubio he was a big reason why this team has gotten off to their just incredible, I believe it's now 25-7-2 against the spread start this season. He's been able to do a nice job of being a nice glue guy for this offense, giving out six and a half assists per game. Now he is going to be out of the fold, so I'm very curious to see how this Cavaliers backcourt is going to be looking because Darius Garland is still out. He's been dealing with some ailments, so that has really got this team most likely looking at a whole lot of Colin Sexton in this game. And Colin Sexton is someone that we've seen in the past really be able to do a solid job with regards to his scoring as well. But, I mean, this is a guy that he is out of the fold for the team as well. So, I mean, it's just one of these cases in which you're going to be probably taking a look at Isaac Okoro, Evan Mobley, and Evan Mobley has been able to have himself 
a really nice season as well. But this is now all of a sudden a team that has been just completely gutted with regards to everything. So I think that this could be a relatively good spot for the Atlanta Hawks. This has not been a Cleveland Cavaliers team that you've been wanting to bet against too much. But now that you're down, Darius Garland, Ricky Rubio is out for the year. Colin Sexton is going to be out for this game. I mean, the list goes on and on. Jared Allen is going to be out. This is just a Cleveland Cavaliers team that is completely gutted at this point. I'm going to be very curious to see what winds up happening because typically when you wind up seeing very hot against the spread teams towards the beginning part of the season, it does wind up crashing down a little bit. I fear that we might be seeing a big giant crash when it comes to this Cavaliers team now that we do wind up seeing Ricky Rubio go out for the season. Something that is always active though, being able to take a look at college basketball. We're going to be doing a little bit of that in the final hour, but up next, NFL line moves. We're seeing a lot of those, and that is coming up next right here on VSIN, the Sports Betting Network. This is the look ahead on VSIN, the Sports Betting Network. If you miss any part of our show or anything on the VSIN schedule today, don't forget to check out our free sports betting podcast that replays of all of your shows or download them and listen to them on your schedule. Go to vcin.com slash podcast and get Beating the Book with Gal Alexander or Market Insights with Josh Applebaum. Plus, we've got you covered with hardwood handicappers, the Lombardi line, follow the money, and something called Coast to Coast Hoops with apparently this guy by the name of Greg Hoops Peterson who's also sitting behind the mic right now and many more. They are all free and available now at vcin.com slash podcast or wherever you get your fine podcast. That's Apple Podcasts, Google Play, iHeart, list goes on and on. As we are back here on the look at, it is myself, Greg Peterson. We're hitting a little bit of everything here in our number two. We hit on some college basketball in the first segment, hit on some NBA last segment. Now, how about if we take a look at the NFL? Because with the NFL, as we know, week to week, there are always quite a few big line moves. We did wind up taking a look in the first hour a little bit at the Tampa Bay versus the New York Jets line. And we've been talking a lot about the Rams versus the Ravens game, but I'll just continue to reiterate. If you have not seen the video of the way that Lamar Jackson was looking about a day or two ago, you want to be taking a look at it because right now, if you're looking to bet on the Ravens, you're probably going to want to be waiting because the four and a half that we're seeing right now, I have a feeling that it is going to be going up, up, up. You're going to be able to get much better than four and a half prior to kickoff because I mean, even if Lamar Jackson does wind up going, this guy is going to be so far from 100%. And what makes Lamar Jackson so great is his scrambling ability. I am looking at the Rams right now. And I can tell you right now, if you like me, like the Rams, take the four and a half that you're able to get right now because I just don't think that it's going to be getting any better. Better. I think that if Tyler Hundley actually starts, it's actually a little bit of an upgrade for the Ravens either way. I don't like them at four and a half, but I think that Hundley would actually give them a little bit of a better shot because he's actually at 100%. He was unable to play last week due to COVID-19 protocols. So that is the reason why he was unable to get out there and play. But certainly it's a case in which it's going to be really, really brutal for this Ravens team, regardless of if it winds up being Lamar Jackson or Tyler Hundley, because you got Tyler Hundley, who's a rookie out of Utah, a little bit less heralded, and Lamar Jackson, who's just dealing with a whole bunch of ailments. So, and it's not necessarily too terrific. If you're looking at another game that is having quite a bit of a line move, that would actually be to the surprise of many, this Houston Texans versus San Francisco 49ers game. You wind up seeing the 49ers open up in most spots right around a 15-point favorite. This has settled in a little bit because this actually here at Circa wound up getting as down as more around an 11.5 point line. Right now, it has settled in 
between 12 and 12 and a half with the 49ers being the favorite and your total on this game is 44 and that's because Jimmy Garoppolo has been dealing with some ailments so you might be seeing Trey Lance getting the start in this game and when it comes to Trey Lance I just feel like I can't trust him with my bet I do think that this is a line move that is correct now the Houston Texans have not been good this year that is putting it politely whether it be whether it be Mills out there at quarterback or if it wind up being Tyrod Taylor both of these guys just have not been able to get the job done whatsoever and it is actually been Davis Mills who the Texans have wound up turning to recently and for Davis Mills what I will say is that he wound up having a nice week against the Chargers it was a nice upset win for the team the Texans have been able to put two wins together and as they always say on the great old movie Major League, if you win three games in a row, it's a win streak. And a win streak has happened before, but I am for the Houston Texans, they have been able to gain a little bit of upward momentum. I do feel like a little bit of that is due to the competition that they wound up playing, especially in that game against the Jacksonville Jaguars. You wound up having Austin Eckler out of that game that they wound up playing last weekend. The defense still wound up getting a little bit exposed and I myself just have not been able to buy into the Chargers this year just because you don't know what you're going to be able to expect them from them from week to week. But when it comes to the Texans team, I think that they've got a good shot of being able to cover this game. I do think that the run game is going to be struggling a little bit because, I mean, right now with David Johnson most likely missing this game, you're going to be relying upon Rex Burkett along with Rolls Royce Freeman. I actually used to cover Royce Freeman. Back when he was at Oregon, I used to do a little bit of work out there with the official flagship station of the Oregon Ducks when he was playing. And boy, he has just not lived up to expectations. A guy that's averaging, I'm not even kidding here, 2.9 yards per carry this season. He was originally with the Carolina Panthers beginning the year. He was so bad that even though they were unable to get much going after you wound up having Christian McCaffrey go off for the season, they just decided, no thanks, we're good, so... And it's not necessarily the world's greatest situation there. But then you just take a look at this San Francisco 49ers team. And I really felt like the run that they wanted making in November into December, it was a little bit built on sand. Now, the questions with Jimmy Garoppolo are very much out there at this point. He wound up sitting out of Thursday's practice right now dealing with that thumb ailment. And if he does wind up going, you got to feel like he's going to be a little bit less than 100%. And when it comes to the Texans team, the way to really be able to beat them, in my opinion, is through the air. So... That is an issue. Now, good news is, regardless of if it winds up being Jimmy Garoppolo or Trey Lance, they've got their full complement of weapons out there. Debo Samuel has been able to just do absolutely tremendous things for this team all season long. George Kittle, one of the best tight ends in the NFL. But what else I think is going to be very important for the 49ers in this game is that they've been dealing with Elijah Mitchell being out with injury the last few weeks. Last time he wound up playing was the first game in December that they wound up having against the Seattle Seahawks. He has been sidelined, and he's been relatively solid whenever he's been out there. The young man from Louisiana has been able to give the team right around four and a half yards per carry. As a result, they've been looking at more like Jamichael Hasty along Jeff Wilson Jr. being able to get the touches. And what I will say for Jeff Wilson Jr. is that he didn't wind up having a bad week against the Atlanta Falcons or the Tennessee Titans for that matter. Wound up averaging about four yards per carry in those two weeks. A guy that wound up having a touchdown in both of those games. He just doesn't necessarily take the top off of a defense. So his longest carry in this entire season, over 78 carries, he has gotten one 17-yard rush. That is right now his biggest play. So he's not able to necessarily give you that explosiveness. So I do think that that actually bodes very well for the total. If I'm looking anywhere, I'd probably be taking a look at an under just because this is a 49ers defense that now they're getting back to 
relatively full strength. You've had a couple of ailments when it comes to secondary for the team. Seems like guys like Josh Norman and company are going to be able to be out there for the team. Jason Verrett, he's still out, but I mean, he's been out for quite a while along T Ford. So it's a case of nothing new there. But when it comes to this 49ers team, I just think that with all the question marks that you have, if Jimmy Garoppolo plays, he's probably not going to be under percent. That does lead you to think, man, it might be a little bit of a tough spot. And for the Houston Texans, still a relatively not solid team. But with that said, they have been looking a little bit better. So I do think that there might be a little bit of hidden value here with the Houston Texans. I do agree with the line move that we've seen thus far. I'd be willing to take the points with the Houston Texans. It's going to be very curious to see how this line winds moving the rest of the week. But I do think that that's a relatively solid look. What else I think is going to be a relatively interesting look as well. What we wind up getting out of this Arizona Cardinals and Dallas Cowboys game. Because I mean, on a lot of these look at lines that they wind up going up the week before you were seeing the Cowboys as a two and a half point favorite on a lot of them. Now you're seeing this line at six. I mean, it's relatively held steady ever since it wound up getting released. It released anywhere between five and a half and six, depending on your book. Total on this game is 52. And you have to be asking yourself, did what we wind up seeing out of the Cowboys a few days ago be a representation of what to expect out of them moving forward? Or was that just Washington football team being just absolutely poopy on that night? And I think the answer is, as it is in a lot of these cases, a little bit of both. This is a Dallas Cowboys team that has been a tad bit inconsistent. I have never necessarily been the world's biggest fan of Mike McCarthy personally, but you take a look at this Dallas Cowboys team, and what I think has been really big for them is just being able to get their trio of wide receivers out there because when it comes to this wide receiver trio of the Dallas Cowboys for about the first eight, nine weeks of the season, they just weren't out there when you wound up having seed when you wound up having Amari Cooper and Michael Gallup healthy, it was C.D. Lamb that was hurt. If you wound up having just one of the other guys hurt, all the other two guys were healthy. So it was sort of that revolving door at wide receiver. Now you've got all these guys healthy. And on top of that, Dalton Schultz has been able to step up for the team. How about him? What he was able to do in that game against Washington football team, 82 yards and a touchdown. And he's got a touchdown and now three of the last five weeks for this Dallas Cowboys team. But you also take a look at the Arizona Cardinals and I don't think that it could be discounted what they wound up doing last season, but we also wound up seeing that collapse that the team wound up having last year. After they wound up getting that Hail Mary touchdown against the Buffalo Bills, things went down the toilet from there, and I am fearing that we might be seeing a little bit of that this season with DeAndre Hopkins out of the fold. This has been just a completely different Arizona Cardinals team. Now, it does need to be noted that James Conner has been dealing with a little bit of an injury as well. Looks like he should be good to go on this week, but you want to be checking in for updates on this just in case. But when it comes to Kyler Murray, the efficiency just hasn't been there recently. He has completed fewer than 66% of his passes in each out of the last three weeks that he's been playing in. Now, the good news is the team was able to keep him upright last week in that game against the Indianapolis Colts, but it still just felt like he was a little bit rushed when it came to a lot of his throws. I'm not necessarily sure what is going on there, but... When it comes to the Arizona Cardinals as well, what I think is going to be very key for them, just being able to lock down on defense, because if you take a look at this Arizona Cardinals team, they have just lost so many guys throughout the season. So this is not a team that they necessarily have as much depth when it comes to their defense. And when it comes to Chandler Jones as well, this is someone that wanted bursting under the scene with, I believe it was five sacks in week one. Ever since then, it's been relatively pedestrian with them. So I am in a little bit of agreement with regards to the line move. Maybe it's went a little bit too far, but certainly the Arizona Cardinals are a team that I'm souring on, but something that I'm always bright on. Great guests. And we've got Wes Reynolds of VSIN coming up next right here on VSIN, the look at the Sports Bank Network.
At Bet365, we don't do ordinary. We believe that every sport should be epic. Every home run, every hit, every inning, every play. From the moments that are legendary to the ones that fly under the radar. Whether it's a walk-off grand slam or a base hit to center field. Whatever the sport, whatever the moment, it's never ordinary at Pet365. 21 plus only must be present in Ohio. If you or someone you know has a gambling problem and wants help, call 1-800-GAMBLER. Finding the right news podcast can feel like dating. It seems promising until you start listening. When you hit play on Post Reports, you'll get fascinating conversations and sometimes a little fun, too. I'm Martine Powers. And I'm Elahe Azadi. Martine and I are the hosts of Post Reports. The show comes out every weekday from The Washington Post. You can follow and listen to Post Reports wherever you get your podcasts. It'll be a match, I promise. Take 50% off of VSIN all access subscription for the rest of the football season with our big game special. Get access to our in depth matchup analysis, trends, and picks for every single game, and sport on the schedule, including our exclusive betting splits, showing you where the money is going on every single game. Sign up today, and you'll also get our daily best bets emails, weekly betting guides, 24 7 video, plus our all new college bowl betting guide, giving you coverage for every single bowl game. That is all for $39, and that is at vcin.com. So I subscribe as we're back here on the look at with myself, Greg Peterson, and it is great to be joined by our guest. This man is fresh off of watching the Wisconsin versus Arizona State game live out there at Allegiant Stadium. He does terrific work just all across the network, everything from our weekend coverage when it comes to both the NFL and college football, all the way to the show, Long Shots, the best the best betting golf show out there as it is Wes Reynolds joining me on the podcast you're able to follow him on Twitter at Wes Reynolds one and Wes great to have you aboard tonight thank you good to be with you Greg I only had to side swipe a few cars on the I-15 <laughs> to go ahead and make it out of Allegiant Stadium back here to join you on the look ahead but always a pleasure to be with you always great to have you aboard and Wes when it comes to bowl season I've been noticing that we've been seeing a lot of underdogs come through obviously we did wind up seeing that on Thursday with a pair of north of a touchdown underdogs being able to win outright. And hey, the game that you were at, Arizona State doesn't get the outright win, but they wind up getting the cover. And have you been sort of noticing the same thing? Because along with the college football playoff that we're going to be seeing on Friday, we do have a pair of lesser bowl games, for lack of a better term. And I really think that there's a lot of value on the underdogs just this entire bowl season. Well, there has been, and traditionally, Greg, look, you get underdogs cover early, then you get to like January 1st, and then it's the favorites cover late. Now, it varies year to year, but it always kind of used to be that pattern. And when you look at like what happened today, I think a lot of it, too, isn't necessarily underdog favorite. I think a lot of it is, okay, when do you time the market here? Because Purdue, Tennessee was a perfect example. There was nobody on Purdue seemingly because everybody was on Tennessee. Purdue had the opt-outs, David Bell, George Karloftis, guys that are both gonna likely be first round picks this April in the NFL draft. So it moves all the way from three to about eight is where I went ahead and grabbed it, some seven and a half out there. But 
you have to look at motivation, too, for these teams. I always think motivation is the most important factor in handicapping bowls, even with some players opting out or some players going to miss due to COVID or the usual suspensions or a kid might not make grades. It's all about motivation. And if you remember a couple of years ago when Purdue went to the Music City Bowl in Nashville and they played Auburn and they got beat by about a billion points. So you knew that they were kind of motivated. Now, they got some gift calls maybe at the end of Tennessee backers probably rightfully sore but they were able to get there Arizona State if you waited and a lot of this Greg is timing the market that I'll go back to if you waited on ASU you got the number and hopefully if you're on Wisconsin you laid it early some people coming out of the stadium were kind of upset that they didn't kick that late field goal because Wisconsin got the ball with just a little bit under 10 minutes to go pinned basically on their own three yard line how about this? 18 plays, 90 yards, and 9 minutes and 57 seconds. If you're on the under like I was, that was a very beautiful thing. But if you were on Pittsburgh tonight, that was not a very beautiful thing. I was actually, before the game started, I was actually watching the end of that game on my phone. And just to see, I felt bad for Pittsburgh backers because they really deserved a better fate having really led most of the game with the third-team quarterback and then the pick six with 20 seconds left to go. So, look, that's bowl games. You're going to get a couple of those. Yeah, that was a really brutal beat, and it just speaks to how well the underdogs have been able to do because even though the favorite wound up cashing in that one, that was sort of a wrong side cash, if I will say so myself. And when it comes to everything that we are seeing this bowl season, you just wound up mentioning motivation. I really do feel like when it comes to a lot of these bowl games, you've got to throw a lot of the stats that we wound up seeing during the season out the window, especially with what you wind up laying out with Purdue. Because, I mean, you wind up having all the opt-outs. So what made that offense just really hum the way that it did during the season, that is no longer there. I think it's just really important to try to study up when it comes to some of these guys that maybe are getting their first start. Maybe they didn't wind up playing a lot during the season. But when it comes to looking at the actual stats, when it comes to bowl season, really aside from the college football playoff, because you're not going to have any opt-outs there, I really do think that you need to be just going a little bit more and doing a bit more of a deep dive rather than just being like, okay, this team is throwing the ball like 40 times a game when that might not be the game plan whatsoever when you wind up having the quarterback opt out. No, you're absolutely right, Greg. And look, it's like any other sport, even though bowls are a very unique handicap. Sometimes you're going to lose with the best of it in terms of the best of the number. And sometimes you're going to win with the worst of it because a lot of it is timing the market. Look, there was a game that I didn't win yesterday in terms of Iowa State and Clemson. I took Iowa State when they were an underdog. Then they became a favorite. And then Brees Hall opts out. So I'm kind of stuck on a bad number. So I'm like, okay, do I let it ride? Or do I go ahead and maybe buy out a little bit? And, that, you know, when you bet these bowl games early, and these come out about the second week of December, so you've got two, three weeks for some of these games, and then news is going to break, like, like let's say, Utah-Ohio State, which is going to be in the Rose Bowl on Saturday. All of a sudden, Chris Olave and Garrett Wilson, the wide receivers for the Buckeyes, go ahead and opt out. They're likely to be first-round picks, and then that number goes ahead and crash. So sometimes when you bet these early, you're going to get a really great number, and you're going to get great closing line value, and sometimes you're not, and, and you're just going to have to hope you survive with the worst of it. Yep, I'm right there in agreement with you there. It certainly is one of the more volatile markets that you're going to be taking a look at. And you were talking about motivation. You're talking about just trying to be able to time the market. 
I think that there's a really intriguing game on Friday that's going to be taking place very early that is going to be a great case study for this. Rutgers and Wake Forest. Rutgers wound up having to step in, in the last minute to be able to take this bowl game. They wound up opening up in a lot of places between 13 and 14-point underdogs. Now you're seeing the line more around a 16-and-a-half. I think that it's really intriguing because when it comes to Rutgers, you know that you're probably going to get your best out of them. They really don't have any opt-outs. Meanwhile, for Wake Forest, it's been sort of a case in which they were preparing for a different opponent at the start. They, no question, I feel like are the better team, but I feel like at 16 and a half, this might have went a little bit too far. I think that you can make a really good argument for Rutgers in this spot, although you could also put against them the fact that they do have to wind up putting this together a little bit late as well. Yeah, if I got 17, I might take a real small piece of Rutgers here. It's mainly 16 and a half. Look, Rutgers hasn't had a lot of practices. Their season was over. And then all of a sudden, it's like, okay, come back, guys. We got to see if we can put some practices together in a game plan. But I think with Wake Forest, who I think is clearly the more talented and better team, and I don't know how Rutgers is going to keep up with the number five scoring offense in the country. However, I don't know if I want to lay 17 with the Wake Forest team that was 98th in total defense, 114th in rushing defense nationally. So you could move the ball on these guys, but Wake Forest is one of the faster tempos in the country. It's going to be tough for Rutgers to keep up, but it's one of those things, Greg, where I might not have real conviction on it, but if the right number shows like 17, I'll take at least a small piece of Rutgers. I don't blame me there. We certainly have seen Pretty much all the bets coming in on Wake Forest at this point. I think that there's a lot of people that are looking at what you just said. Rutgers had looked like their season was done, so they wind up having a couple fewer practices to be able to prepare for this game. And on the flip side, you do have a Wake Forest team that they have more practices, but they have the same amount of time to prepare for Rutgers as Rutgers does for Wake Forest as well. So I think that that's a little bit of an intriguing part of it. And obviously, what is really going to be reigning king on New Year's Eve is going to be the college football playoff. You've got Georgia, Michigan, and Cincinnati, Alabama. When it comes to these two games, have you wound up taking anything on it? Because you've got two north of a touchdown spreads here in this one. Obviously, a couple question marks when it comes to Alabama's coaching staff. But I think that you're going to get two relatively solid games in this. Yeah, Greg, the only one of the two I have bet so far, I did take Cincinnati at 14 on the bye. And now 14 is starting to show a little bit. Alabama getting the money. So if you're waiting for the two touchdowns, you're going to end up getting it. And I just don't think Cincinnati is really getting enough respect in the betting market. And why? Because betters bet what they see last. And what they saw last was Alabama, you know, a relatively dominant win over Georgia in the SEC championship. But Alabama, you know, they haven't been consistent. They've shown really great performances, but you remember the game against Florida. They were life and death to win. They, of course, lost at Texas A&M. They were lucky to cover against Tennessee, and they were fortunate to even win the game against Auburn. So this is the best secondary, by the way, Bryce Young, the Heisman Trophy winner, is going to see really all year. They Cincinnati's probably got the best uh, corner duo in all of college football, Kobe Bryant and Ahmed Gardner. So, uh Look, I just thought that this was a little bit of a big number. I think this is a very good secondary. Now, can Cincinnati match the physicality of Alabama? And that's going to be the question. But I do like Cincinnati in this spot. Have not bet the Michigan-Georgia game. Still have time to do that tomorrow. But, man, those are kind of two teams I really want to play and not go against. But, unfortunately, they're playing each other. It's going to be really interesting to see what we get during the college football playoff. And I know that. Wes is going to be dialed into that. So a big thanks to him for joining me on the look at it. Coming up next, 
We're going to be taking a look at those college football playoff games right here on VEASAN, the Sports Bank Network. Go up. Go up. Go up. At Bet365, we don't do ordinary. We believe that every sport should be epic. Every home run, every hit, every inning, every play. From the moments that are legendary to the ones that fly under the radar. See for yourself when you sign up today and get $150 in bonus bets when you bet just $5. Whatever the sport, whatever the moment, it's never ordinary at Bet365. 21 plus only must be present in Ohio. If you or someone you know has a gambling problem and wants help, call 1-800-GAMBLER. Terms and conditions apply. Xfinity has free premium networks for everyone this month, no matter what kind of entertainment you love. Addicted to true crime? Catch killer cases and more spine-tingling shows on A&E Crime Central. Crave adventure? Explore Asian action movies on Hayah. Searching for something extreme? Check out skating, snowboarding, and more on Fuel TV Plus, the global home of action sports. And find crowd-pleasing bops on iHeartRadio's Hit Nation playlist. There's new free shows and movies to love every week. Say free this week in your Xfinity voice remote. 